Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. This week, we're continuing our series, Money Talks. And we're talking about money. And I don't know if you're like me, but I have some information where I don't really know and some thoughts that I don't really know where they came from. It's just kind of like, this is what I think. One of those, and the minute I say this, Beck's going to be like, not again, but silt fences, like the silt fences that have to go around some of these construction sites and the way that they have to stop um, runoff from getting into street drains and they block them. I have some information about those and how deep they have to be in the ground and the way that you're supposed to put them in that I have no idea where I learned it from. Like, I do not know where these things came from or why I would know it. And if we are not careful... We'll have that exact same thing about money, where we don't really know why we think of it the way that we do, but it's just like, it's just, it's just there. We just think of money this particular way. And so what we're doing over these next few weeks is we're talking about money. We're talking about what our money has to say about us when we look at our money and simply talk about what the Bible has to say about money. And last week, we looked at a couple of things. First things off that we said is money is not bad. Money is a tool. A tool can be used for bad or it can be used for good. A hammer, right? You can build a house or you could hurt somebody really badly with a hammer. It's a tool, okay? And money is a tool. We talked about budgeting. We talked about the Bible's view as the Bible looks at debt. We talked about co-signing, just some really practical things. If you missed it, jump back in there next, jump back in, um, next week. Well, you really can't do that, but here's what you can do is you can go online, there's a podcast. So wherever you get your podcast from, grab that, listen to that. But we did have several questions. So this is what we're going to do, is in two weeks, we'll answer your questions. So there's a number up on the screen, and this is 616-379-9293. So if you have questions throughout the series, or even through the week, and you're like, hey, what about this? Well, you said that, but I don't think that applies to my situation. And what does the Bible have to say about this? And then in the fourth week, which will be two more weeks, we'll answer those questions. All right? But we're going to dive right into this week. So here's what I want you to do. I want everybody to repeat after me. Say, I'm happy where I am. Say, I'm happy with what I have. Now, that's kind of hard to say sometimes, isn't it? Like the I'm happy, everybody's like, I'm happy. And I said, where I am. And some of you are like, where, where I am? Like, what is he talking about? Is he talking about church? Like, what, what, like where I'm in life? I don't, I, I don't know. And then the, I'm happy with what I have. Like, we can say that, but if you look around, we're also at the same time almost like programmed to want more. Like, yeah, I'm happy with what, what, what I have, but it would be great if I had this. I'm happy with what I have, but oh, if I was there and I need, I need this. And really, it is something that's all around us getting thrown at us. But this is what it says, and we're going to start right here in Philippians 4. Philippians 4.11 says this, not that I was ever in need. This is Paul talking. He says, for I've learned how to be content, whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Contentment and happiness is not a destination. It's not a dollar amount. It's not living in a particular neighborhood, driving a certain car or any name brand. 
We, the lie that we are told over and over and over is what you need is what you do not have. What will make you happy is what you don't have yet, no matter what you have. No matter where you're living, whether it's a grass hut, huge mansion, it doesn't matter. What you, what you need, what would make you happy is what you do not have. That is thrown at us everywhere. Everywhere. But it's not new. That's not new. Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, they're in the garden, God's paradise that he made for them. And he gave them one rule. He said, the tree that's in the middle of the garden, he said, don't eat from it. That's it. Party. Have fun. Don't eat from that tree. What did they do? They went over to the tree, and the snake looked at them, and this is what it says in Genesis 3. God knows, this is the devil, it's talking to Eve through the snake. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Now, the truth is, they were made in God's image. But the lie was, what you need is what you do not have. And it is the same lie that we get over and over today. I saw something. At first, I thought it was on a bumper sticker, but then when I said it, I was like, that doesn't fit on any bumper sticker I can think of. But it was something along these lines. I'm just going to call it a bumper sticker slogan. And it's this. All I'm looking for is a chance to prove that money can't buy happiness. But the mindset of that's what I'm going to try to do. Let me say it one more time. All I'm looking for, and it's not true, but it's, it's just funny. All I'm looking for is a chance to prove that money can't buy happiness. But we so often believe that it does. And not that we would stand up and be like, I think money buys happiness. However, if you look at the way that we're spending and the way that we're living our lives, I think many people would look at, if we were to just completely open up our bank accounts, open up our checkbook, all that, and say, yeah, look. They'd be like, whoa. Would that kind of point out or say that, yeah, they, they, they do think money is trying to buy happiness? It's a lie that's sold to us, and then it's made really easy for us to try to do it. It's made really easy for us to try to do it. And I was looking up statistics. I love them. I really do. And no matter, depending on where you look, Americans spend between 40 and 50% of us spend every penny we get every single month. Like we have zero in savings because we're trying to see if we can. We're trying to see if money can buy happiness. And here's the thing. So often we do that and then we say, I don't have enough money. I remember it was years ago, there was a couple um, over at our house sitting on the couch crying about how they, they weren't making enough money and they could not make it. And, and, and I'm sitting there, and normally, I'm a really good listener. Like, I'm a really good listener. Like, I can pay attention. I am, I'm interested in what you're saying. Like, absolutely. But the minute that this couple started talking about how they didn't have enough money, like, I almost started laughing. Like, I just about laughed out loud. Because, and you're looking at me like, insensitive, what is wrong with him? Yes, I am, but just a minute. Hold on, hold on. The reason why is, I know, we knew how much this couple was making. They were making more money than I was. They didn't have kids. I had two. We were making it just fine. 
and they weren't. And we'd been over to their house just a few weeks earlier and looking at some of the amazing furniture and crazy pictures and things and stuff that they had bought. And I'm like, I know why you're not making it. It's not a money problem. It's a spending problem. It, it, I'm getting by just fine on less. And I have kids. You don't have any like, I'm like, I'm like and, and again, it came out almost as laughter. I didn't, like, I did not laugh at them. Like, it was under control, and we, we talked with them about, hey, but here, it's kind of like this. It's like a bathtub. You ever go to fill the bathtub, and you turn it on, and then you go to do something else, or the mirror, or set something up, or grab the towel that you forgot, because anyways, it's not in there, so you go, and you get the towel, and you come back, and you're like, oh, you didn't put the plug in? And so all that water's just, like, gone, and not just, it's not just, like, that the water's gone, but it's the hot water. And you're like, no, no. Here's the thing is, you can't out-earn stupid. Like, like you just can't. But, but we try. And then we're like, oh, the drain is open and water's coming in and it's just going out. It's, just, it's gone. I was reading and I found some stuff on, on people who make more money. And I found this in uh, Go Bank Rates. They said, this is crazy and most of us won't believe this, but it says, of those earning $150,000 or more, nearly 30% have $1,000 saved. They do not have, nearly 30%, do not have $1,000 saved. You can't out earn stupid. Like if you can make the money, there is a way for you to spend it, Right? There is a way to spend it. I don't make, it doesn't matter how much money you are making. There's a fancier restaurant that you can go to. There's more expensive clothes that you can buy. It doesn't matter. I remember I was talking with my dad. I was like, who in the world would buy this? And he's like, what? And it was a $20,000 t-shirt. And he's like, well, you would be surprised. And I'm like, I am, because I can't believe anybody would buy it. And I'm like, if they're dumb enough to buy it, I'm going to go to the store and just slap 20 grand on a Hanes white t-shirt. Like, are you kidding me? It doesn't make sense to my mind. It doesn't make sense at all. But it is so easy for us to spend. If we have in any way bought into that, I need, what I need is what's next, it is so easy to go after that. It is so easy to go after that. And the easiest thing to use to go after that is credit cards, right? It is so incredibly easy. And what we're told is, this is what I was told, what I was told is you need to establish credit, so go get a credit card. Like as soon as I was 18, it was like go get a credit card. So here you've got somebody who's 18 years old and we won't let you drink, but buy a credit card. Like, you can't have alcohol because you don't know how to do that, but please get a credit card. And they're all over the place. You go to college campuses, and they're signing people up, and it's like, here's a credit card. And it is so easy to spend. It is so easy to spend. The average American owes $5,000 on their credit card this month, and only over 60% will not pay it off. They won't pay it all off. It is so easy to spend more than we have. It is so, so easy. The world throws it at us. We, it paints pictures of this is what you need next. What you need is this vacation. You deserve it. Have you ever hear that one, you deserve it? Whenever I hear that in a commercial, like warning bells go off in my mind and I just get upset. 
And I am like, and I realize I'm a little different than most, like if, because advertisements and me just pretty much do not work. Anything that they do, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, what is this? I'm turned off completely. You sent me something in the mail. No, maybe that worked, and then we send mailers out. But anyways, we are so sold to. It is so easy to look and to say, what I need is what I do not have yet. That's what I need. That's what I'm after. It's so easy to spend. And then we have things like the normal that we see around us is so expensive. You ever heard somebody talk about how tight money is and how much trouble they are in money and how they don't have enough money, and then they reach in their pocket and pull out a $700 phone? We laugh, but I, we see it all the time. We see it all, all the time. And you're like, first world problems are like, really? You're, you're really stretched financially? Because the normal, the baseline is so different. Like Jack and the Beanstalk, he was broke. They didn't have any money and he was selling the cow, right? He's going to the market to sell the cow. Today, broke? We don't know. Broke does not look like it used to at all. A couple years ago, our neighbor put their house for sale. It was for sale for like a week, and then it wasn't, and it foreclosed, and they lost the house. I was like, I had no idea. They drove really nice cars, and I'm like, I, I had no idea. It is incredible. You cannot look at somebody and, and just see their financial health. Because the normal lifestyle, go buy a car with manual windows. Try to find a car with manual windows. The baseline for our lives, the, the normal has just gone so, so high. A base vehicle today is literally a luxury vehicle 40 years ago. It really is. Everything in there does something. And I, I go buy a car and I'm like, I don't even like it. The door handle is electric. I'm like, I don't need an electric door handle. I pull on the door anyways to unlock it. The motion is already happening. Why did you need to make it electric? It's just going to break. That's how I think about it. Again, this is the Dutch side. You're just getting it for free. Here it all comes. I'm like, give me a manual door handle. But it's just, it's all raising. And it is so easy for us to look and say, that's what I need to do. This is what the world does. Every dollar that comes in raises their lifestyle. Something comes in, it's, let's just, let's raise that lifestyle, let's raise my spending. Oh, I can get a little bit nicer this, or I can go to this nicer restaurant more often, I can do this, and we're given credit cards, and yeah, just do it. And we look, and it's like, wow, are we chasing happy? But here's the truth of the matter, if you are not content with what you have, getting what you want will not make you happy. Because next week, they're going to release the newer, faster, better version of the same thing that you got. And you're like, oh, I want that now. Oh, well, that's this. Oh, well, that has, well, that's just safer. This car's just safer because the headlights are better. I need a new one. Like, I could see so much better. Like, I, I need that. This one has 22 airbags. Mine only has 17. Like, this is just so much better. There's something newer, better out there. And there's a thousand ways to justify it. And be like, well, do we really need this? We are, it is thrown at us so, so much. And credit cards, it's so, so easy to spend. 
And not only is it easy to spend, but they tell us that we spend somewhere between 80 and 100% more when we use plastic. So we, Becca and I, we don't have credit cards. We have not had a credit card in, I want to say like eight, nine years. Um, we, we just don't. But we use a debit card, but it's still plastic. And it's still, like, when I spend, when I buy something with a $50 bill, I was at the store the other day, and I don't remember what it was, but I bought something, it was like 20 bucks, and I paid with a 50, and I was like, oh, and I'm digging through my wallet, and I'm like, oh, this thing cost me 50 bucks. In my mind, I'm like, once the 50's broke, it's gone. Same with hundreds. You're like, once it's not 100 anymore, it's gone, the whole thing. A pack of gum cost me 100 bucks. This is ridiculous. <laughs> because... But you feel it. You feel it when you spend dollars and you're like, oh my goodness, and the change, and you're like, okay, and you're counting that out. And you're like, all right, there we go. Now change, it's honestly, I'm like, good, get rid of it. Like, oh my goodness. I love paying my kids. Our oldest is 12. Her, we kind of pay with dollars, but I can still pay him with like quarters and nickels. I love it. I'm like, get some use out of change. Change is not my favorite. Unless you're like saving for something and you're filling a big old container or Coke bottle. A lady I babysat for growing up, that's what she did, is she had a Coke bottle that was like three feet tall, and she would fill it with change, and then she'd donate it. And it was really fun, and, and I know the one year, she was like, well, it's, it adds up, and I'm like, how much was it? She's like, it was over $3,000 of change, and that she got to donate, and it was, I was like, oh, that is a cool way of doing it. And as I was looking at just, just, just spending and how easy it is to spend and to go and to do that. I'm thinking about, well, we, we have a debit card, and it's not a credit card, but it still spends so easy. And actually, we're toying around right now with a new budget tool to help us to feel what we're spending more, that when we do make a spend, uh, an expense, it's going to say, hey, this is how much out of your budget, you know, you just spent, and this is how much you have left. And, and trying to do better to feel what it is that we're spending, to feel where it is that it's going, because it's so easy to spend. And maybe you're like, well, you know what? And here's the thing. If you are having trouble with your finances, then I don't think you should have a credit card. If you are not able to pay that off every month, then I don't, I don't think you should have a credit card. Maybe like, well, you know what? I need a credit card for emergencies. Let me just throw this at you. If you have an emergency fund, I don't think you need a credit card. And honestly, in a true emergency, your credit card isn't going to work anyways. It, it is not going to work. We were in Canada on a youth trip in 2003 when the whole like northeast coast just went black, power out everywhere. We were in Canada on a youth trip with four motorhomes. And you want to know what we ended up doing? We were borrowing money and writing IOUs down from all of the kids so that we could buy groceries and then buy gas to fill the motorhomes to get back because credit cards didn't even work. And we go to the gas station, we got these big old motorhomes, four of them lined up, and the guys at the pump like, five gallons each. And we're like, what? We can't get, so we're bribing the gas station guy to let us fill them all the way up. And there was lines of people at the gas stations. And we did, we bribed him so we could fill them all up. And it was, it was great. We made it back. Everything was okay. It was fun. But the credit cards didn't even work. They did not work. And so literally now I'm like, babe, wherever we go, we make sure we've got the cash to get us gas all the way there and all the way back. Because if they don't work, we want to be ready. 
So the idea, do I have to have a credit card? Here's the thing. Money is a tool. I want you to use it really, really well. Use it absolutely. But when it becomes something that we're, we're not controlling well, it can bring so much pain. And decisions that you can make now financially, you make it and then that you just you pay for it and you pay for it and you pay for it and you pay for it. And I could just keep going, but I'm not going to. But you pay for it and you pay for it. When we decided to get out of debt, we're like, we are going to do this. And we're like, we are just, we are done with it. We prayed, we're like, we believe that this is the best thing for us to do. And we think this is what God is calling us to do. So we're, we're going to go for it. Um, we did. We lowered our standard of living. We most definitely did. Uh, we had one car the first 10 years of our marriage. It worked for us. I'm like, we're going to make it work. There was one summer, I had a scooter, and I was like, freedom! It was amazing. I had a scooter, I'd carry boxes on that thing, and my bow, and everything. Anyway, we had tons of fun. And I was like, wow, this is great. We had one car. We did not go out to eat. Uh, there was five years that we did zero gifts for one another. So Christmas, um, I didn't give her gifts. Birthdays, we did not do gifts for one another. Uh, I remember the first year when we decided to do that, we were doing Christmas with her family. And we're like, we're not doing, we're, we're not doing the gift thing. Like, hello, this is going to be different. And we were the ones that introduced it to the family, and her family was great about it. And I know that, that can be a really hard dynamic. What do you mean? And the kids, and we still did things for our kids. Um, when they were really little, <laughs> we actually wrapped up things that were just in the house because they were like, "Wee!" And they rip it open. And then Becca's like, "I think we might need to stop." I go, "What?" She goes, "Because they're getting like 20 things, and that's not going to keep going." And I'm like, "You're right. No more. We're in, we'll wrap one thing that they already own and give it to them. Not, 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 not 10 of those. We better be careful with that." But money is a tool. If we buy into the lie that what we need is what we do not have. What you have will never be enough. We have the means. We are given the means to go into debt really, really fast. It is really, really easy to make some bad financial decisions that you pay for forever. You just, you just keep paying. It feels like forever. When we paid off our last debt, I went through and I calculated it all out. Again, I'm a dork. I'm an absolute nerd, and I love sheets. And I'm like, okay, amortizations, and this is what we had here, and this is here. And when we paid it off, we paid off the house. I looked, I said, we saved over $80,000 in interest by paying off something we already had to pay off anyways, but by doing it early. Finger fist pump. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. I was like, yes, we were so pumped. It is so easy to make a decision that you just keep paying for and paying for and paying for and paying for. If you need help, if you need help and you're like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you're not that dork and you're like, I don't know, I just pay the bills and then they're gone and if I don't have the money, I don't pay it until I can pay it. Um, if you need help, please call us. We'd love to help you. We can connect you with some people. Uh, find Dave Ramsey's a great resource, all of his stuff. It, great, great resources. If you really are like, I'm just completely lost, let us know. We can connect you with somebody who's a dork and that can just dork out and help you go through some finances like a dork and be like, this goes here and this goes here and this is what this looks like and here's some great moves for you to make so that you can live and do the things that God has for you to do. If we buy into the lie that what I need is what I do not have, a credit card is an amazing, amazing weapon to go get what you want right now. But here's the thing, what if, 
Just, 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 just what if? What if money is a tool and life isn't measured by what we own? Luke 12, 15 says this. Then he said, be aware. Guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Life is not measured by how much you own. And what if, what if less is more? What if you could have less of what didn't matter and more of what does matter? I mean, just think about it for just a second. Close your eyes, close your eyes. Don't fall asleep, don't fall asleep. But close your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes. And just think. But the three most important things in your life, I say things, but things, people. Okay, open your eyes. Raise your hand if your big screen TV was in that list. I doubt it. But what if you could have less of what didn't matter and more of what did? Less stress, more freedom. Less stuff, more time with family. We're coming up on that time of spring cleaning and you look at your garage and some of these areas that you haven't cleaned, like, I gotta do that. Just the mounds of stuff. And some of that stuff you look at and you're like, I haven't touched it in over a year. And here it is, the stuff. It's just there. And we have so much stuff that there's places called self-storage places where we can store some of our stuff because the places that we have to store our stuff are full of stuff. But really looking, what if less was more? Less of what doesn't matter, more of what does. And here's the thing, I don't think anybody is sitting here thinking, wow, I really, really wish I had a bigger this. That would just solve all of my problems. What if less was more? Ecclesiastes 4 verse 6 says this, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Less of what doesn't matter, more of what does. Less things, more peace. Less stuff, more time with family. Less financial stress, more generosity. Less have to, more I get to. Oh, I have to do this because I've got to pay for this. Well, I can't go on that vacation. I can't go on that missions trip. We can't support that. I'd love to, but we're strapped to all of this stuff. I like the way that we even just say that. Well, I'm just, you know, we're kind of financially strapped right now. You're like, yeah, you're tied down to a bunch of stuff. Less can be more. Again, I want to say that again. Better one handful with tranquility. Better one handful with peace than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Proverbs 23, 4 says it this way. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise. In, be wise enough to know when to quit. It really is. What if less is more? What if you can give up to go up? Give up a bigger house for less stress. Give up shiny for satisfying. New is not always better. I laugh when I pull into the Meyer parking lot and you see the new car parked all the way at the end and he's taking up like four spaces and you're just like, really? And I drive in there with my work truck and I'm like, it's got it, it, it it's used, it's scratched. And here's, here's the good thing about used. It's what I have so I'm excited is the first scratches that my kids put on, I'm like, I don't really know. Was it theirs? Was the scratch already there? I'm not even really sure. I've got kids, we've got a little driveway, they all ride bicycles and they design bikes. 
I don't know if you knew this, but they just, the handlebars are designed to rip up, scratch, and devour like all cars, like anything next to them. That's just what they do. And you're like, well, there, there's another one. So the advantage for me right now is that. My used cars, there's scratches, there's dings. The kids run their bikes into them, the dog. It, 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 it happens. There's an advantage to everything. New cars, they're, they're nice. I personally don't like the smell. It's too strong for me. It, it really, really is. And I read an article where they're trying to figure out how to get the new car smell out of new cars. And I'm like, thank you. I'm like, for me, thank you. I really don't like the smell. But find the advantage of where you are right now. I've learned the secret of being content. For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Life does not consist of what you own. Drive by a landfill. That's where it happens to it. But there are certain things that are going to go on forever. You are a spirit. You live in a body. And one day you're going to go stand before God. Every single one of us will. And we don't have to wait until we die to find out if we get to go to heaven or not. And some of us, we think, well, you know, is it, is it an, a big scale that just gets tipped with my good and my bad? No, it's not. When we try to do good, it's like dressing up a corpse. You might be able to put it in something, but eventually it's going to start stinking. We can't do it on our own. So Jesus came to do what we could not do. And he died on a cross so that we could be free. He shed his blood so that we could be free and we could walk in freedom. But God did not pay that price so that we could be free, so that we could go get into a bunch of financial debt strapped and then become slaves to things in our, in our homes. House poor, car poor, whatever it is, driving a car only back and forth to work because we need to pay for the car that we drive back and forth to work. So financially strapped, yes, we've impressed the neighbors, but we fight every night because, well, what bill are we going to pay? And I want to be able to do this and we can't do this. It's having a godly view of possessions. Money is a tool. Let's use it. Let's use it to build his kingdom. Let's use it to bless other people. And it's okay to drive new cars. Drive, if you can afford it, drive a new car. You might smell a little funny, but that's okay. But decide, God, I'm going to honor you with what I have. And don't put things in a place and money in a place that it does not belong. Jesus says, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. And if we'll step back and see, and as we think, what are the things that are really the most important in my life? The things, the people, how would I put that? Let's say, okay, God, how can I use what you've given me, the resources that you've given me, to be a blessing to those that are around me, to see these grow, more, maybe some more time with them. What can I do, God, to honor you with what I've been given? How can I do that? Because Jesus did. He came to give you life and life to the fullest. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Before we dismiss this morning, I want to make sure that every person in here knows where you stand with God. That if you were to die, you know. See, you don't have to guess. Romans says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, we will be saved. You can know where you stand with God. It's not a matter of how much good or bad you've done. You might be looking at me thinking, well, you don't know what I've done. You're right, I don't, but God does. And he paid the price for you. And you're like, are you sure? I'm sure. You can know where you stand with God. 
If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, Jesus died on the cross, you will be saved. If you want to know where you stand with God, if you want your sins to be forgiven, if you want a brand new start with him, if you want to begin to walk in the peace that comes only through a relationship with him, then in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. And then right in your seat, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. When we say amen, you're going to know that your sins are forgiven, your past is washed away, and you can begin to walk afresh and anew with him. Begin to walk out the purpose and plan that he has for you. If that's you, or if you're like, you know, I turned my back on God, but today I'm coming back, then this is for you too. Get ready. If you're either of those, and on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up high. You're saying, God, I want to be forgiven. I want to be set free. I want to be yours. One, two, three. Shoot that hand up all the way up and say, that's me. Thank you. Say, that's me. I want what you have for me, God. I want to be forgiven. I want to be set free all the way up. Awesome. Okay, hands down. We're going to pray. And those of you that lifted your hands, as, as you repeat these words, you're just going to, I'll, I'll tell you what to say. You repeat after me. But as you say these words, you make these your own. And here's what I would like everybody to do with your head bowed and your eyes closed as we pray. I want everybody to repeat after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for saving me, for dying on the cross for me for shedding your blood to pay the price that I couldn't pay. From now on, I'm yours. I accept you. I love you. And I am yours in Jesus' name. Come rule and reign in my life. Devil, you lost me. God, I'm yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.